you feel the same this morning that you want to be filled up and running over in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank God for his goodness, his grace for waking us up this morning. And thank God for you listening to Cornerstone Apostolic Church located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. And you're listening to Sunday Morning Live, uh, our Tuesday night Bible class inside the pages. You know, we believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we're faithful, bold, the church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. And that should always be done in Jesus' name. As the Bible tells us that whatever we do in word or deed, do it in the name of Jesus, giving glory unto God the Father. And so we thank God for his blessings of today. And, you know, we're yet uh, just looking at what's going on around us. And so uh, certainly our prayers are with everyone. And I, I hope that you're praying. I hope that you're praying. I, I hope that you are anointing your children, praying for them, praying with them, you know, spending, setting aside some time for prayer and seeking God because we can certainly do nothing without his strength and we cannot do anything without wisdom. You can have knowledge, but knowledge is not wisdom. It just means you know about something. It doesn't mean you know how to use it. You'll pick up a screwdriver and try to use it for a hammer uh, without having some form of instruction and some wisdom behind it on how to use it correctly. Our worship, our Sunday morning worship begins at 8 a.m. and Tuesday, uh, Bible study begins at 7 p.m. And that's Pacific Standard Time for those that are outside of California. You know, we're journeying through the book of Acts on Sundays and the book of Ezekiel on Tuesdays. If you've missed any part of the message, you can go to connectingtruth.org. That's our website, connectingtruth.org, and click God on Demand. It will take you to the archive of messages. Not going to be long, and you know, it's been a, uh, I don't know what to say about the week that it's been. However, we know God is yet in control, and we should never lose focus on that, that he is in control of all things. He's, we have our own free will, but God is still God. He's still on the throne. And so we're in the book of Acts, the seventh chapter, and uh, ask that you would be prayerful as we go through the word of God. As I said, it's been some kind of week. And so, you know, you, you're filled with a lot of information. You feel a lot of things thrown at you, and not to mention the spiritual warfare that you're engaged in. You know, as I tried to rest in preparation for today, it was a struggle. To, to try to rest and between midnight and this morning. Uh, it was a fight. It was a battle. Uh, that, and so I solicit your prayers. You know, ministers need prayer and uh, leadership certainly 
whether it's secular or in the church, uh, all of us need prayer and, you know, guidance. And so the book of Acts, we're dealing with some, some leadership here and a man that is dealing with responding to questions that he is being asked. And that's none other than Deacon Stephen. And so the book of Acts, the seventh chapter, beginning at verse 48, 50, I hope you have your Bibles with you or maybe you're preparing for service to attend the service this morning, uh, you know, since they have lifted uh, some of the restrictions. And so maybe you're preparing uh, and, you know, certainly thank God for those of you that have supported your ministry uh, throughout uh, the stay at home. Some continue to give offerings. Uh, others uh, continue to, uh, some gave tithe. Uh, you know, and thank God for those that were faithful in giving. And God bless you. My prayer is that God will bless you and that you don't feel the loss. And God, not only that, but God knows how to give you ideals. Ideals that uh, that can supersede the revenue that you currently have. Now, I'm, I'm only praying for those that are faithful. Those that are not faithful need to learn to be faithful and committed unto the Lord. We say we're committed unto him, but we're not faithful to him and we say that we do a lot of confessing with our lips we do a lot of lip service and, you know we're about truth here at cornerstone so um i'm just taking my time and just uh just painting the true picture of of not just uh, cornerstone but i'm talking about churches across the country i'm talking about people around the world uh, we give a good lip service we get in trouble we start praying very hard even uh, someone's telling me they was praying so hard, they began speaking other tongues, uh, you know, but are you faithful to God? Are you, you say you committed to him? Do you follow his word? You know, heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God is what is going to stand. Uh, matter of fact, God's word is elevated even above this name, the very name of Jesus that gives you salvation for there's no other name unto heaven whereby you must be saved. And that name is uh, the word of God is elevated above the name, even for salvation. And so the Bible tell us in the book of Acts, it said, how be it the most high dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as say of the prophets. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What house will you build me, said the Lord, or what is the place of my rest. Have not my hands made all these things? Uh, let's stop right there and have a moment of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, pray and ask for your help this morning, Lord. Lord Jesus, to bless those that are listening, those that will hear this in the future. Lord God, we pray and ask that you would bless your word to have a free course, Lord. Lord Jesus, bless your servant, Lord God, those that are serving you faithfully, those that are seeking you, Lord God, those that are out, uh, Lord Jesus, uh, dealing with the helping to deal with the demonstrations that are going on. We pray for their safety. Lord Jesus, you, you know all that is inspired. You know all that is that is hidden, the agendas. Lord God, you know what's going on. Lord Jesus, and we just pray for your wisdom. We pray for your understanding. We pray for uh, that you would enlighten Lord God, and most of all, touch the hearts of men. We know that change does not occur without the heart. 
uh, change you first. Lord Jesus, touch the hearts, Lord God, of people. Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, and we'll give you glory. We'll give you honor, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. The Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as saith the prophet. So this has already been proclaimed. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What house will you build me, saith the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Have not my hands made all these things? Deacon Stephen was one of the church elected officials. And he was faced with opposition. Now, opposition is always going to exist until opposition has been cast into the hell. And then hell itself is going to be cast into the lake of fire. Uh, and where well, the fire is never quenched. You know, the demons that when Jesus was, uh, was on the earth and uh, during his time of ministry, the example that he had set for us, to follow and as he uh, reached out to those the souls and to make clear uh, the intent of the word uh, uh, you know the, the the bible tell us that the letter killeth but the spirit make life and so as jesus was here establishing truth uh, he came to a man who was possessed with spirits that man had multiple demons that so many others today you know, they like to refer to some things as mental illness. Everybody is not mentally ill, but some are demon-possessed. And so uh, they asked Jesus, they said, uh, have you come to prepare, to come to, uh, to torment us before our time? So that enemy, opposition, knows that there is a day of reckoning. There is a day that is going to come. Uh, that they will suffer for the consequence of their behavior. And so uh, uh, the Bible tells us and makes that very clean, clear. And so opposition will exist until it does not exist anymore. And uh, Deacon Stevens, uh, this man who was of an honest report, the Bible plainly tells us that he was an honest uh, report along, not just him, but there were other men that had an honest report and full of the Holy Ghost, that meaning that they had uh, came to realization that uh, that they needed a Savior. They had all, they had been looking for the Savior, you know, deep down in their hearts and deep down in your heart. And the hearts of so many know that there's more to life than having the things that are in front of us. You know, you might be well off with, uh, or you may not be as well off as others, but you know. Uh, in your heart that there is more to this life than what is in front of our eyes, what our hands handle, you know, everything we, we pretty much touch, uh, or let's, let me rephrase that, everything we touch uh, is going to corrode eventually. It's going to become old. You know, as soon as you buy something, it becomes old. Some things we buy and it becomes worthless after we purchase it. This man was full of wisdom and the Holy Ghost, uh, and they appointed him over the business that needed to be handled. Why? Because he was honest, because he was, had the Holy Ghost, because he was a man that had wisdom. 
uh, you know, in saying uh, the same because of the selection that they had made, it pleased the multitude that was uh, complaining that they needed help. And so Deacon Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Ghost, Philip, uh, Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and uh, Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, uh, you know, and Parmenas, uh, all of these men were selected to help. These, these men were given the office of a deacon. And so once they had been uh, prayed for by the leadership, uh, they went out to carry out the business. They didn't just walk around holding, uh, saying that I've been assigned a position, but they went about to handle the duties those that have license power, you know, the state of California requires uh, ministers um, uh, to have license in order to perform certain duties, weddings, uh, funerals, and different things that are needed to be done. And you're upheld to, uh, or at least you should be upheld to a standard, even by the local assembly that get, that had given you the, uh, the license. You know, you should be carrying out your duties. If you're not carrying out your duties, what is the purpose of having the license? What is the purpose of having the call and the position? Uh, God put it like this. Uh, uh, gifts and callings is without repentance, meaning that you might have a gift, you might have a calling, but you may not have repented. Or you may have repented and then backslid, and you're not carrying, you haven't repented from backsliding. And so you're not carrying out the duties in which you have been called to perform. These men immediately went to work and begin to carry out the duties that they were called into. And, and I hope that you uh, carry out your duties. We all should be performing the duties that we were asked to do as an evangelist. You know, I was reading my Bible and I was just at the stop. I just never seen, uh, you said Paul was the greatest missionary, but I, I, I think he was a great disciple and so many others were great. And he did a lot of things and uh, that uh, others were also doing as well. Uh, he just had a good document, uh, someone that was documenting the work. Uh, and I loved uh, Brother Luke or, and how he documented what was going on. And the Lord blessed him. And, you know, everybody couldn't have uh, what was written uh, placed in the value would be too great. The Bible said, behold, I come written in the volume of the book. And, and I believe it was John that said Jesus did many other great works and the world could not handle, could not contain all that was, that Jesus had done in the 36 months, the time that he was here and that he had begun ministry and those that was with him. But what are we doing? What can we do? What should we be doing? And so the Bible tells us that, that certain of the synagogue, which was called the synagogue of Libertine, and Cyrenes and Alexandrians, and of them Cilicia, Cilicia and Asia disputing with Stephen. They were arguing with him uh, about the word um, uh, that he was ministering. Uh, they were arguing with him about, uh, about the views that they had. Uh, they were arguing with him now, I don't believe that Deacon Stephen was arguing, and I don't, and I don't believe that we should argue the gospel. I believe that we should uh, uh, reason 
you know, some might want to argue as in other words, they get upset because they cannot uh, uh, dispute what is being said. They might be presenting a false teaching and you're telling them the truth and, and they can't get over at their point because truth prevails. And so as he began to minister, as he talked with them, the Bible said they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spanked. As ambassadors for Christ, can you can I believe we can mirror as ambassadors, we can mirror the same integrity as Deacon Stevens when opposition rose up against him. When opposition rose up against him, uh, he did not uh, become uh, bent out of shape. Uh, the Bible said they were not able to resist the quality of his words. They were not able to resist the knowledge that he had acquired and the good judgment that was being used. We should also pray and use uh, a quality of words. We should use knowledge and good judgment. What he said had soundness because of the use in which he applied. He applied his personal experience. He applied the experience of others. You know, the whole thing about the, the whole uh, point of testifying. Uh, the Bible said we overcome by the words of our testimony and the blood of the lamb. You know, we testify of what God has done. Listen, I, I'm not against uh, testifying about uh, a blessing, but I believe that there is something greater than the blessing because there, you know, uh, uh, you, you testify, you got a Toyota and uh, people want to run around the church. You know, I, I've been in settings like that. Uh, however, uh, that Toyota becomes old after a while, as stated earlier. Uh, what about your soul? The refreshing of your soul, that your soul is your soul new today as it was yesterday. Are you still saved today? Are you carrying out and doing the will of God today? Has God worked miracles, signs and wonders and done things for you that you can testify about, that you can tell others about? If God has done anything for you that let to let somebody know the kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of God is at hand. That's a testimony. That's the testimony that doesn't get old. It doesn't go away because I believe there, uh, uh, that there, God is yet on the throne and he's yet moving on behalf of his people. Uh, but, uh, you know, when we place God in such a box, you know, when we place him in such a box as that, a shoebox, some have God in a matchbox, others have him in a shoebox. Some have placed him in a banker's box. You know, we've placed him in a box where uh, where he's not able to operate uh, accordingly. And in our mind, he has been uh, placed in that box and not let out in our minds. Listen here. And so the Bible tells us that uh, wisdom, Proverbs 4, 5 through 9, it said, get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not. Don't forget what you've been taught. Don't forget what you've been told. Don't forget even this message today of what you're hearing. Uh, too many times we hear the word of God and we walk away and forget. Well, let me tell you about forgetting. Uh, the Bible says that if you forget, many hear the word and they become forgetful. They see themselves at the moment, but as they walk away and they forget, then they go back to being the same as they were from the last time that they saw themselves. In other words, nothing does not change. And so we're looking for change to occur on the inside. Uh, change must occur on the inside before it occurs on the outside. 
something has to give, something must be released. And so therefore get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not and she shall preserve thee. Love her, love who, love wisdom and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get wisdom and with all thy giving, get an understanding. You want to understand clearly. You know, I'm, when those of you that are going to school, that are, are seeking degrees, those that are working and, uh, and those that are not working, you need to spend some time with wisdom and getting an understanding. Don't feel bad if you have to read something multiple times in order to get a clear understanding. Uh, if you have to break it down, if you have to write it, on flashcards and, you know, uh, or write it a thousand times on notebook paper or whatever uh, the method is, don't feel bad because you didn't get it the first time. Everybody's not telling you what their struggle has been and how they arrived at where they are today. Uh, some will tell you in a, just a brief word, you know, it's conceptual, you know, uh, conception, uh, it's learning, uh, get an understanding, uh, you know, uh, clarity. Uh, it all walks hand in hand uh, and you need wisdom to use those things. You might be able to define something, but then you may be defining it incorrectly or using it. Uh, the, the word, you may be able to define the word uh, from memory, but you're using it uh, and, and it's not being used correctly. Listen, wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing that therefore get wisdom and with all thy getting, get an understanding. Solomon asked God for wisdom so he could know, so he would know how to deal with people in the public eye and behind closed doors. You know, we have to deal with people in the public eye and we deal with ourselves behind closed doors. What are we like when no one else is around? Are we using wisdom? Are we using uh, do we have a clear understanding? Do we have direction? You know, what are we doing behind closed doors? Are we being righteous as we are? You know, people know how to put on a good side when they're in public, the good side when they're in a service, the good side when they're at work. You know, it's, it's like being a, a functioning dependent. A functioning dependent knows how to uh, become uh, inebriated at the time and you know, when they get to the office, they know how to act. They know they have it on a the schedule. They have it down. I know that from from years of experience uh, many years ago. And thank God for when I went down in Jesus name, it took all that away. And, you know, that was a miracle in my life. I was telling a young man not too long ago after Bible class um, outside, I run into a young man and I was sharing with him uh, that uh, well over 30 years ago, what God had did for me. And, you know, he was struggling. He was just about to put a needle in his arm uh, at that time. And, and so you, you can't pass by opportunity to share with someone because what God did for me, he could do and will do for him as well. And so we had prayer, you know, the uh, prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And so uh, that gives creed why one of the things about prayer is that we should place ourselves in a right position so that God cannot ignore himself. You know, uh, we should put ourselves in a position uh, where God just cannot ignore himself. And listen to what I'm saying. 
when we put ourselves in the right position and we be righteous, God cannot ignore himself. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I feel a little better right now than what I did when I first got up this morning as I traveled and even as I entered the church. I thank God for strength. Listen, uh, wisdom, wisdom, wisdom can and will get you into get you what you want. Knowledge is good, but knowledge requires wisdom to function. Uh, it requires uh, wisdom to function properly, or you'll try to place that car and drive before starting the engine. They could not resist the wisdom, and so they hired liars uh, who said he spoke against the temple. The people lying knew what would work against Deacon Stephen. They didn't have, you know, it's like Daniel. They knew that if they got the king to decree um, that you cannot pray at a certain hour except you're praying to the king. You know, you're praying to him. You're praying to whatever image he established, you know, whether ceramic, metal, wood, or, uh, you know, a uh, pile of dirt, whatever. Pretty much we're, we're dirt ourselves. And so uh, unless you're praying to that figure uh, and bless you're praying to the king, then you're going to be subject to persecution. And they knew that would work against Daniel, but Daniel was serving God. And God is the one that placed him in the position that he was in. And so he continued to seek God and they used that against him. And so these same men, that same spirit that worked against Daniel to accuse him of what was right as being wrong, uh, worked against Deacon Stephen and accused him that he said that he promised that he's going to tear down. He spoke against the temple. And so uh, you need to understand your enemy knows what will get you in trouble. Your enemy knows what will work against you uh, because some work against you or because something is working against you doesn't mean you have to act out of character. You know, uh, you don't have to cuss nobody out. Uh, I joked the other day and said, I'm going to, I'm going to have to hire somebody to speak for me. But listen, you don't have to do that. The Bible tells us to stand still and shut our mouths and to just see the salvation of the Lord. Uh, there's a time that, that, we, that we need to speak. And when we do that, we need to speak with wisdom and understanding. Uh, but there are also times that we need to just be quiet. Uh, you know, I remember one time I was asked a question and uh, I just uh, followed those instructions and I became quiet and everything worked out all right. They didn't have a word of accusation or anything that could be used against me because of my quietness. And so sometimes we, we say something and our emotions can get in the way and we step out of character and we provide the enemy with ammunition to work against us. And so we need to just be quiet sometime. And we need to know when to be quiet. Wisdom will advise us when to speak and when not to speak. Uh, because someone works against you doesn't mean you have to act out of character, seek revenge, lie, or do other things that is contrary to the word of God. Deacon Stephen held on to his integrity, and we can hold on to ours too. We should hold on to our integrity with all our might. Hold on to honesty, knowing it is the best policy. Uh, Stephen reminds them uh, that uh, David had favor with God and how Solomon completed his father's desire to build God a house. David wanted to build God a house, but because he had so much blood on his hands, 
Uh, he was only able to purchase the material and God blessed him and allowed his son uh, to build the house. And so the people were proud of that house. They were proud of the temples that had been built. This was, now understand, this was not the, the, the original temple. It was the temple had been destroyed and had to be rebuilt. But they were proud of that. And they were, they were prouder about the building than they were the purpose of the building. Uh, we, can, we lose focus uh, so quickly. You know, I was driving in and I was just thinking about how quickly we lose focus. You know, how quickly we'll dismiss. Uh, we can have a problem today that could last for months. And then after a while, we, we lose focus of that problem. And we go on to something else, which may not be a problem at all. Or we may grab hold to something else that is a problem, but we lose focus. We lose focus when we should keep the focus so we stay on task. And so uh, the people had lost focus. They were proud, prouder of the building than the purpose that the building existed. They lost focus a long time ago. Have you ever been inebriated, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, many have, and thank God for you that never traveled down that path. Maybe you heard someone uh, being real for a moment. Say they don't, they don't know how they made it home afterwards. In other words, they had, uh, the focus had become lost. And it was just the grace of God that allowed them to make it to their destination without uh, side swapping cars along the way or or running somebody over and winding up in jail uh, for the rest of their life because of vehicular manslaughter, or, you know. Uh, and so uh, when we consider that they had lost their way, they had allowed position and power and prestige to become, to inebriate them, and they lost focus. The people of God had uh, become drunken with, with not just idolatry, but misplacement of principles. Define religion as a social club. You know, I'm a Pharisee, I'm a Sadducee, I'm a Herodian, I'm an Essene. You know, and the list goes on. It became a social status and uh, people were, were left out. Uh, people could not participate. People were looked down upon. You know, we preached a message about comparisonitis and I, I was, uh, Comparisonitis is a dangerous disease. The Pharisee was stood there to pray and he was saying, I'm not like other sinners. I'm not like the man next to me. And, you know, he compared himself to the man next to him who was standing there saying, who wouldn't even lift his head up because he knew, he said, you know, within his heart, I'm a sinner. I've done wrong. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm here because I've been out your will and I want to be right with you. The Pharisee is saying, I'm not like that man. Look at me. None of us have a, a voice to ever say that because all that's saying, it comes short of the glory of God. And so the Pharisee suffering from comparisonitis would not allow people to, uh, to join in. Uh, and if you weren't a Pharisee, you were nothing. If you weren't a Sadducee or a Herodian or Essene or you know, one of the other uh, secular groups with a religious form, a form of godliness, but denying the power of, uh, you, had, you were in trouble until Jesus came. You know, thank God for Jesus. Thank God for uh, manifesting himself in the flesh, 
being justified in the spirit. The Bible said the word was in the beginning and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory as the only begotten son of the father. You know, it's amazing at what God can do. You know, uh, so many uh, would like to separate and say that God is not able to do that. Uh, you know, therefore there is three, therefore, therefore there is two. Uh, but God is able to do anything if he's not able to do anything. And, and I'm not talking to don't don't go there and start talking about sin. We know that God is holy and, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. But I'm speaking about God, uh, the one that sits on the throne, uh, the one that uh, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. I'm talking about that God. I'm talking about sovereign God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one, not one in thought, not one in uh, um, that we uh, all agree. Uh, that's not what the Bible teaches. And so God can make himself a body and he can get in that body and he can die and res rise for our sins. God can do that. Only God can do that. No one else can. And so the, the Bible goes on to tell us, amen, that, uh, that the people of God have become drunken with and they have misplaced the principles and defined religion or defined it as a social status. They didn't just limit healing. Listen, because of that, uh, they limited healing, salvation, and the principles of the doctrine. They didn't just limit them, they hid them from other people. When the people received healing and accepted the gospel, it was a great moment. It was a great relief. It came also at a price. Listen, the same people that confess religion also persecuted it because true religion disrupts personal agenda. Truth disrupts and gets in the way of monetary gain and gratuities that one would try to acquire because in the name of Jesus. Uh, salvation is not about getting, uh, getting those things. It's about your soul. The Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. This is John, the second chapter. And they found and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and drove the money changers uh, and, and the changers of money sitting. They were all in the church. They were all in the temple. And when he had made a scourge, because he was not having that, uh, he was bold. And he drove them out of the temple and the sheep and the ox and poured out the changers money and overthrew the tables. Because that's not what the temple, the church is about. Listen, Mark, the third chapter says, and he entered again into the synagogue and there was a man with a withered hand and they watched him. They, had, they were trying to set Jesus up, whether he would heal the man on the Sabbath day and that they would accuse him of working on the Sabbath. Now, here it is a miracle, a, a miracle, a miracle. I can't say that. A miracle. A man is there with a withered hand and they want to accuse him of 
working on the Sabbath day because someone is healed. The Sabbath was made for us where God said he would keep his promises. He would keep his covenant unto us. God said if we hollow out and we recognize and give respect and honor him on the set, he would meet us and show signs and what they forgot about that. I don't want you to forget about that today. I don't want you to, to ignore that and not recognize that the whole purpose is that God said I would show up. Mm. We've misplaced some things because see, it's God's day. And God said he would show up and he would show out. When I say show up and show out, I am not talking about the emotionalism that when the keys on the organ is pressed, that people feel the move, feel the groove. And, you know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when God shows up and shows out and that person with the withered hand is sitting there is healed. That the person that just happens to be drawn in comes into the church, that the spirit of God identifies, uh, lets the minister, whomever God is going to use, know that this is what's going on with that person and how to minister to them. God said he would show up and he would show out. That's the difference that I'm looking for. That's the difference I believe that you are looking for in 2020. That's what we're looking for in this day and time is for God to keep his word because we are keeping his word. Don't hold God to his word and you're not willing to hold yourself to his word as well. That you're not willing to do what God has asked you to do. He said, those that love me will do what? Keep my commandments. And God's commandments are not hard. They're not, they're not strenuous as the other things that we have yielded ourselves to. Listen, they watched him. They wanted to see if he was going to heal the man with the withered hand. They wanted to know what he was going to do on the Sabbath, uh, that they might be able to uh, accuse him. And he said unto them, he let them know, he said, look, uh, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil. You, you tell me, you know, is it lawful to save life or to kill? But they held their peace because they knew they were wrong. And when they had looked around on him, they were angered and they were grieved for the hardness of their heart. I told you it goes back to the heart. And the heart ain't right. We place God in a box. When the heart ain't right, we just dis do things. This, uh, the principle, we misplace the principles of God. You know, and so the Bible said that, that he said unto the man, stretch forth your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was restored. And the Pharisees took counsel against him, the Herodians and uh, those that were part of that social sect, you know, the those that stood on the wall, the sadits or whatever you want to call them, you know, how they might destroy him. The temple was to honor the Lord. That's what the temple, that's what the church is about. And so it was also an example of something greater. Now, I, I'm, I'm not going to get uh, far into that, but it's dear in my heart. But, you know, because the temple was an example of something greater. And so uh, uh, Stephen reminded them that God is bigger than the temple, bigger than the neighborhood church, whether the church is small or it is large. God is bigger than both of them. It doesn't matter if you consider in, in our language a day and time a mega church. God is bigger than the mega uh, because he is, uh, uh, as the Bible described it, he, the earth is his, uh, the heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. 
The purpose of the church in the wilderness was preparation. The house in which the prophet David, uh, King David, wanted to build was in preparation. Uh, he might have had some personal agenda about it uh, because of the presence of God and the victories that had been won and the peace that had that had surrounded the land. Uh, but listen, uh, the purpose of building God a place of representation uh, is was for preparation of something bigger. Uh, the birth, the death, the burial and resurrection of Jesus was for preparation of something bigger. Preparation, the act or process of making ready or being made ready for the use of something done to get ready for an event. Peter had already reminded the, the same leaders earlier the stone which the builders refuse is become the head of the become the head stone of the corner. What they refuse, Jesus, whom they refuse, is the cornerstone. A cornerstone uh, is used for building something great, something uh, that is greater than the tangible, uh, built by Solomon. Listen. The cornerstone, every building has a cornerstone. It is a guide, uh, but it's also a low bearing stone. Every bridge has a cornerstone. Uh, an ark has a cornerstone. The building has a cornerstone in which everything is placed uh, and lined up with that. It is the foundation of everything. And so Jesus is the found. That's why he told Peter, upon this rock, Will I build my church? Uh, not Peter. I'm not building it up on you, Peter, but I'm, I'm building it up on the principles that you understand. I'm building it up on the words that is enlightening your heart, the word that is encouraging you, the word that is going to birth in you uh, because there's something that's greater going on than you. Something greater is going on than anyone, any name that comes to mind. Uh, something greater is going on when it comes down to the word of God. We're just vessels that are being used. Bless your Lord God. You know, we ought to just tell them, use me, Lord. Use me for your service. While I have a chance, while the, while the blood is yet warm in my veins, while uh, I have breath in my body, use me for your purpose. Use me, Lord. Something greater, something indestructible, incorruptible, irreplaceable. I want to be, uh, I wanted to present just a, a few buildings that, you know, when we talk about churches, when we talk about things, uh, you know, I, I began to look and I'm like, you know, what are some of the great buildings that exist in our day and time? But I, I, I realized that would be, in, it would be wrong to try to compare anything that exists to God. It doesn't measure up to what God and who he is and what is behind the curtain that covers our eyes. You know, he hung the sky as a curtain and we don't see behind that uh, and uh, there's something greater remember what what Moses the church in the wilderness what Moses was uh, presented what he did was a, a, a mirror of what was seen behind the curtain God revealed that to him but there is something greater even than that everything here is made from leftovers <laughs> Yeah, let me say that again. Everything here, everything that we that we want to buy, everything that we want to do, you know, no matter how great it is, is made from leftovers. As beautiful as they might appear with to our natural eyes, it's made of leftovers. Mm -hmm. I want to give God the glory. I didn't want to compare him and his temple 
because it's in, in it's, it's, you can't compare it, you know? And I just want to say this because I, I'm going to stop. I'm getting ready to stop, but uh, you know, uh, God is preparing us for something greater, something mightier, something bigger. It's something that, you know, when you realize what it's all about, the greatness and what God is doing, it will make a difference to you, It'll make a difference to how you respond. It will make a difference to, to so many things in our lives, the preparation. I'm going to give you this as we come to a close that in preparation, David said, I'm going to take the cup. Have you taken the cup today? I just want you to think about that. Have you taken the cup? Have you taken the cup? Are you drinking from it? Some are just holding the cup. But are you drinking from it? David looked in, I don't know if he was looking in reflection of the mirror or the reflection of a pond or what. I don't know how many times he might have thought about it, but I want you to think about it. We're wonderfully made. We're wonderfully made. Bless your Lord Jesus. Lord God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy. Lord God, and we just pray because you are the chief corner, the chief shepherd, you're the cornerstone. And we want you to be the cornerstone of our heart. Lord, build us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we'll be careful to give your name, the glory and praise. We're gonna honor you as never before. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless your name, Jesus. Bless your Lord. Lord, we're going to honor you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And we're going to give you glory. Lord, build your building. Have your way. We're not going to keep you in a box. We're not going to box you up, Lord. But you prepared us for, Lord Jesus, to be a, a visual, demonstrative of your work. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll be back on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. for Bible class, the book of Ezekiel, the 22nd. I believe we're going into the 23rd chapter. But let's hold on to the word of God and let's continue to pray for our communities. Pray for wisdom. Pray that the anointing of God exceeds your voice, goes before you, because it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. It's the anointing that's going to impact the hearts of others. In Jesus' name.